good people? How we doing? Sauce Talk here on this Thursday morning. I tell you what, it's been a trying week, I will say that. Had to get an episode out to y'all, and this was going to be the day I was going to do so. Um, week five out of the way. Week six coming up, NFL football. We got MLB playoffs going on. Go Yankees. Trying to get that World Series win he had since 2009. But the Dodgers, man, have you seen them? Uh, but have you seen the Phillies? That's an interesting uh, series right there. I will say, I mean the Padres, excuse me. The Padres is a team to where I felt like if they didn't have Tatis, you know what I'm saying, like Machado, can he do it by himself? But then they go and they get a guy by the name of Juan Soto. And I was like, wow. You get all three of them going, but of course, you know, everything about Fernando Tatis, he's not going to be able to play. We know why. The injury preseason, and then PEDs, and then we didn't get to see the guy. But on the other note, you know what I'm saying, the pitching was able to withstand. They got good pitching. You know, I got to see some good things uh, a couple days ago uh, from where you you see the focus, the locked-inness from them. Um, they are a team that I think that possibly could beat the Dodgers in this 1-1 series that we have tied up right now. And the Braves, speaking of the Phillies, that's who they were playing. And, you know, Bryce Harper coming in with his Philly drip and everything like that. You, you, you have to have this type of swag to beat a defending champion. And, you know, the Braves got Acuna. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they didn't have that last year, you know? So... This is this is this is something for me to where like this is probably like the best thing you can get for a playoff on 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 both sides because now you got the Yankees you know you, you got Derrick Judge with that you got Carlo playing you got people not hurt only thing I'm mad about is Ross Chapman which I think he's fell off from his form. But you got Bryce Harper's, you got the Mookie Betts, you got players that are playing. You got you don't got players that are sitting on the sideline, sitting there like, oh man, this player's not playing. This player, everybody's there accounted for. You know, that's the one good thing about playoff baseball when everything is coming together. Freddie Freeman, Cody Bellinger, Turner. You know, uh, like I said, only person that we're really truly missing. But hey, you can't break the rules, and that is Fernando Tatis. But, you know, when you have a Juan Soto and this Kim kid who's probably going to be starting shortstop, when the Tatis comes back, they're probably going to be moving him to center field. Come on now. Look at this team, man. You know, Grisham is good. Nola's good. Hell of a center. Um, so this team is who I'm talking about right off the gate. Wins 5-3 against the Dodgers last night. Uh, good job by them. <laughs> Hater, man. Hater came in there, uh, uh, was able to get the save. You Darvish gets the win. You know, you Darvish was a person that added to that team to where, you know, when he left Chicago, I felt like that was when he was going to really be the end of it. Like, when he was at Chicago, it was like, what is this you Darvish kid? Because, you know, at, at Texas, you know, we were like, you know, he's been in spots where we, we wanted to see if this kid really is something. And then now he's he's growing into a veteran in this league. You know, he is now 36 years old. So all the whole thing about Darvish, he came into this league kind of up in the age 
We looking at him like he's new. He's played some years. He's able to play some impact baseball. He's choked in some levels, and now he's he's a, he's a veteran. He's established, and now he's you Darvish. It's kind of like how I look at pitching. It's like through people that comes in and they don't get to make it, or they they have a hot start and fall. Dontre Willis, Tim Lincecums, and stuff like that. He had that type of aura, but didn't have the type of success like a Tim Lincecum. He didn't win MVP. He didn't do a Dontre Willis. You know, it was just the hype. You Darvish. It's the same thing as Tanaka for the Yankees. Hype. Shohei had it. He jumped over it. These guys kind of straddled it a little bit. You Darvish was able to get over. Tanaka, as you can see, we don't see him nowhere. Um, Manny Machado gets a homer in the first, gets things started. Then Freddie Freeman answers it right back. Then Max Muncy says, hey, let me do something. That is the type of baseball in the NL that this type of series is going to type of, is going to bring, and it's going to make people watch it. Keep your ass in the batter box, pitchers pitch the damn ball, just keep this game rolling, and let's see some good baseball. Trey Turner, speedster, hits a homer. Then Jake Cronenworth hits one in the top of the eighth after the third, because that was like okay, we get a nice little single from Profar, who I like. Profar is a good player. He gets to Jay Cronenworth scores, and he gets a homer later on in the eighth. That gets this game out of reach for the L.A. Dodgers, and they could not get the dub. Good job, like I said, to the save of the day, Mr. Bader. I mean, Mr. Hater, excuse me. Only gave up one hit, gave up uh, and only walked one batter. You know? But you, Darvish, seven hits, seven Ks. Only gave up three, walked two. Two and zero. Like I said, I got to see him a little bit in the previous. Two and zero in this postseason. Can he, you know, lower the hits? It was, you know, he's gonna. I mean, like, is this a person who's not gonna be like dancing around the plate? He's not gonna try to, you know, walk a bunch of people. He's throwing in the strike zone. He only walked two guys. He's throwing in the strike zone. He's, you know, he's getting plays, you know, to get outs. And if he gets the case, he gets the case. This game, he got seven. I think the last game, if I'm not mistaken. I need to go check and see. If I'm not mistaken, I want to say the last game which Munchgrove against that Mets and that, that shutout, man, was uh, was amazing. But uh, Musgrove, man, they you know, and I want to talk about that real quick while, while I sit there and try to find that, though. Musgrove was checked behind the ears, was checked under the chin, it was checked on the, like, like this kid's just out there in the zone. Let him pitch. Let him pitch. Let him pitch. Seven innings, though, for his first start for you, Darvish, and gave up six in four Ks. So, I mean, like I said, I want to say he's in the strike zone. He's 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 challenging these batters for both the Mets and the Dodgers because both teams have kind of got that same makeup. They got guys that want to hit. They got guys that want to swing the bat. But you have talented eye batting guys. Those eyes are just Mookie, Freddie, Muncie. These guys, you're not you're not tricking these guys. So you're gonna have to just go ahead and give them some stuff to wear. Ground ball here, pop up here, get them geeking. You know that's the way you can play baseball, especially if you ain't throwing 98 miles an hour gas. You know, but if you if you if your control was here and there a little scratchy, you know, what I'm saying you Darvish got some good off speed stuff. You know, he's got some real good off speed stuff. So I just that's interesting. I'm gonna play with that though. Good good job though. Dodgers they won five to three on their on, on game one. Uh, the winner being 
Julio Yaris, who was a good pitcher, who gave up four hits in five innings. Now, somebody that, you know, needs to get it together, who I was a fan of when he was at Cleveland, Mike Clevenger, can't go out there and play like that, you know. With the walking two batters, you only got three strikeouts opposed to you Darvish seven. You gave up six hits and only gave and gave up four runs, you know. So, I mean, fact gave up five, excuse me. That is something to where if you let the Dodgers get going, especially if you get Trey Turner on base, he's going to run. It's going to go crazy. If he hits home runs, I mean, geez, that's an added. But you can't let some of these guys that just like to play small ball for Dodgers and then you have your home run guys. If you get all those guys going good, then Padres will lose the series. So it's going to be interesting game three of how this is going to go. It's going to be in San Diego. So this is a game to where you win at, you win in L.A., you, you still won at home, and you're going to uh, uh, still win on the road, and then you're going at home. I'm going with the Padres. The Padres might come out there. You know, Manny might hit another homer. You know, he's been playing good. Um, I was hoping that his knee was all right. Seems like it is from the Mets game whenever he kind of buckled it a little bit. So, good stuff there. Braves-Phillies, I think the Braves will end up ultimately winning this series, but the Phillies are not going to give up, man. I'll tell you that. They're just not going to give up. They're just not. Cal Schwarber, got to get it going, though. They ain't getting no hits. He got three Ks. That's got to that's gotta work its way out, period. It's got to work its way out. Bryce Harper only had one hit, one K. You know, they got to get it going, you know, to to, to, to deal with the defending champs because they, they're going to start getting the pitching, man. The pitching that the Braves got is pivotal, and you see it right there with a shutout victory. But today, later on at 7.30 p.m., Cleveland Guardians, hate the name, hate the logo, but it is what it is, just like the commanders in the NFL football. We'll talk about that later. The Yankees. 1-0 over the Guardians, which I feel like a sweep could be very plausible here. Um, just like with the Astros sweeping the Mariners, which the Mariners can play hard. I just don't see them winning any of these games. Um, good team. Nothing against Luis Castillo. It's going to be pitching going up against Framber Valdez of the Astros. So that's going to be kind of cool. Um, Michael Brantley, of course, we all know is hurt. Uh, Castro. Murphy, Moore, these guys not playing. Uh, this game is in Houston. Just like the New York Yankees and Guardians game, that's in New York. And the one thing I can say about the Yankees that I'm liking is that people was thinking that the big fall off. Now, granted, you know, Gary Cole, I, he broke the record, but it was still things I wanted him to, to do. As far as pitching, not just, you know, strikeout-wise, but I'm glad that he led, you know, because he had eight strikeouts game one. I'm hoping for the rest of the pitching regime to really lock in and shut up a lot of the people that was talking about during the slump that we had. And that could, you know saying, I feel we'll get over the hook. So there's that in a, in a, in a nutshell. So uh, Rizzo. Is a, is a is a person that has a World Series championship. He is a veteran, and I felt like he wanted to not – I don't feel like he just wanted to leave Chicago, but like he said, you know, when it came time to leave, and it's, it hurt so bad because, you know, the tears. I mean, I remember the moment, him, Chris Bryant, and, you know, when they was breaking that team up. But him coming to the Yankees, I mean, like, he's – brought himself, he didn't bring some person that was like, oh, man, I'm a professional baseball player, I'm a veteran, 
you know, he didn't bring that type of attitude to Randy Johnson or any other type of player that's came from other teams that done well to come to the Yankees at an older age that I felt like didn't have that same bite. And I felt like, I feel like Tony Rizzo, I like to call him, has got that. He's bringing the fun, mic'd up version of himself. He's bringing the collectionist. He's bringing the team leader in himself. So I love that about him. Uh, <laughs> now, let's talk about uh, Harrison Bader. This kid, man, I'll tell you what, good kid, center fielder. Um, I'm hoping, you know, that this man, you know what I'm saying, could be, you know, something better than Aaron Hicks. Uh, I'll tell you that in the future. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, baseball players, they play in the minors, and they, they move around, they do this and that, whatever like that. You hear their name, you might see their name, but, you know, they start making strides going up, and then you start recognizing, you're like, man, who is that guy? And then you look at him, 26, 27 years old, you're like, oh, God. But that's baseball. He can play in the minors for four to five years. I don't know his full journey, but it's just crazy, though, that some can come up like Bryce Harper or Chris Bryant, and they're young, they're maybe 22, 23 years old, and you're like, okay, okay. You know, it's not like basketball. It damn sure ain't, you know, like basketball where you have an 18, 19-year-old kid. Now, you might have that with uh, Hispanic players coming up, but it takes time for them to get going, and, and, and you know, some gets pushed up because some are really good, you know, and, and, and you know, especially in Puerto Rico, Venezuela, you know, like, like these real good baseball players that be 18, 19 that will get a shot in the majors, just no matter what. But, you know, they're not getting put at Florida State and stuff like that, Miami, whatever, like that, like a – you know, I think A-Rod played in Miami. So, I mean, like, it's it's like he took that and ran with it and went to the, <laughs> went to the majors. I mean, like, that was an interesting story, what he said, man, that the contract that he signed and that he was like, yeah, I'm I'm going to play professional baseball because this money, and I got to negotiate how much money I want, and this was a person that kind of knew what he wanted. I mean, like, that's crazy. But back to baseball in the playoffs. Yankees. Guardians, 7.30. Seattle Mariners, Houston Astros. First game starting at 3.37. I'm going to go, like I said, I'm rooting for the Mariners because I don't like the Astros, but I think the Astros going to win this game and then the next one as well. I think the Guardians, you know, can play hard, but I don't see them winning this game. And that's not being biased. I just feel like um, Nestor has something to prove in the playoffs and, uh, you know, for the season he's had, I, I want him to go out there and perform well. So, Shane Bieber, he's 1-0 already in the playoffs. He's got a 1.17 ERA. He's going to be something to deal with now. He's going to be something to deal with. Shane Bieber ain't no punk about it. And, 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 you know, the audience knows. So, there's that on the baseball side of things. Baseball is that. Football is a whew, football is cooking right now. Don't you believe it? Marshall last night, they looked so terrible in a freaking lightning delay game. The lightning stopped them from looking more terrible. They came back and tried to come back and win a little bit. But nonetheless, they lose 23 to 16. Two. I mean, 23 to 13, excuse me. Nice black uniforms, man. The show in Huntington to Louisiana. And it seemed like they can, you know, win this game. But now they have fallen to three and three. And after beating Notre Dame, Marshall is now back ordinary. And um, this new coach that everybody was raving about, you know, I guess he still is good, but it's just something wrong with the Marshall players after that win. 
it's almost kind of like drinking the Kool-Aid and thinking like, man, we're good. We're really good. But was the Kool-Aid spiked? You know, was what was, you know, like, are y'all playing drunk now? You know, what was wrong with Notre Dame to be to be losing like this? I guess we could see that there just wasn't really that good. But would Louisiana beat Notre Dame? I don't know. You know, it's something just clearly could Bowling Green beat Notre Dame? I don't know. So, I mean, what's going on with the herd? They need to get it together. Big time. Big time. Big time. But talk about Thursday college football. How about them Mountaineers? They play Baylor tonight at 7 p.m. while MLB baseball is going on, man. I can't believe it's so much sports to watch because even at that, you got Thursday night football. Thursday night football is tonight. And who is it? You have the Washington Commanders, Chicago Bears. So, at least you have a ranking scale of what you want to watch. I don't think a whole lot of people want to see Chicago and watch Commanders. I know I'm not really all up to see it. I may want to see Justin Fields try to do a little something, something. But, you know, you would hope that the season that would have started, they would have kind of been like, I don't know, kind of like how the Eagles were playing. But I guess it's going to take some more time. The coaching, Eberflus is going to have to get a little bit more things steady. But, man, it just – I don't know. I don't know what it is with the Chicago Bears, but the Washington Commanders, Carson Wentz, um, you know, they brought back Robinson when it got, they got shot multiple times. I liked how they did the intro with the mini men. That was all well and good. But, man, all I can say is that this game is not what you would want to call a great one. The spread is there's no spread. You got the over and under is 38, which I would definitely take the under. Definitely would take the under. This game can end up being 12 to 13, just saying. And, and and there you have it. You know, but Carson Wentz can go out there and be walking to him, or he can walk into the defense. Who knows? I just wish that Chase Young could come back, man, because I just, like I said, for the love of me, man, like, uh, I watched that kid get hurt live in Washington. First NFL game I got to watch, I seen him get hurt. And it's like if I don't get this, if he if it's if that's the end of his career or the the greatness of the hype that he was going to be and that was all we was going to get, and only the greatness moment that we're going to get for him is that I want Tom, that sucks. Cause Chase Young is a great, um, was a great pro typical prospect. Like a, like like you know you look at Mario Williams, you look at Suze, you look at. You know, McDougal's, you look at uh, 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 Vince Wilfork's, the, the defense alignment, Javon Curses, those people that would be considered freaks, the Jordan Davises, the, the, you know, the, Jordan, the, 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 Warren, the, the freaking uh, Aaron Donald. He falls in line with that tall, fast, lean, agile, strong as hell, to be pushing around left tackles and stuff like that for his build. And he's and I just I just wish he can get back, man. That's one of the big things that I, I would say about the Washington football team, now commanders, is that to see number 99 get back out there. Cause that that was crazy to see to where it was like, damn. Like I remember uh my former boss, him telling me that he remembered today going to go see Dan Marino playing Cleveland because he big-time Cleveland Browns fan. and got to see Dan Marino play, and he tore his Achilles. And that was one of the things that always looked back at me to where I was like, I don't want to go to a live game and see somebody get a, 
a season-ending injury or a career-ending injury. It happened. Like, I, you know, it actually happened. It's crazy. It's crazy whenever I think about that. But, uh, yeah, Washington Commanders, Chicago Bears tonight, 8-15. I think a lot of people are going to be watching the West Virginia game from my area um, against Baylor. Baseball is going to get glanced at. But I think wholeheartedly with NBA preseason starting back, you got Memphis Grizzlies, Detroit Pistons, OKC Thunder, and the San Antonio Spurs. You got people going to be glancing at that. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of options tonight if people don't want to deal with the Amazon Prime uh, dynamic. If you want to flip channels, the games are going to be there for you to watch. College football, NBA, and baseball. And I'm pretty sure some other sports is definitely going to be out there. But for me, as far as me covering, this is what I'm covering. But back to the NFL, week six. But let's talk about week five before we head that. I'm not going to go over every game. just going to summarize over some things that were very, very uh, bold, put in bold, roughing the passer. Um, Tennessee Titans, just, just uh, 360 of how they're looking this season. I want to talk about... Aaron Rodgers and losing Devontae Adams and Devontae Adams losing Aaron Rodgers. Like, how are they dealing with it? You look at certain things. Oh, I want to talk about, too, Detroit Lions, man, averaging 34 points a game heading in between, uh, uh, heading up against New England. You get shut out 29-0, man. We'll talk about that, too. But first off, I want to say the roughing the passer thing, <laughs> I'm glad that somebody made a stat and everybody wanted to make this a Tom Brady thing, but it was like, you know, I think it's a referee thing. To where these, the training may have to get better. You you're putting fear into these referees ahead of every season, sitting there saying, "Well, this is a new rule, or this is what we can't do. Players can't land on a quarterback, stuff like that. They can't go for the legs." And I don't know if the training is adequate enough to where, or the recruiting ain't good enough for something to teach to teach these referees to say, "Hey, man, we can't be so harsh on the call to where we can kind of judge and see if something's malicious or not. If somebody does something inside that rule." With Grady Jarrett, he didn't, you know, that's not really his body weight landing on Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady's going to get up and make it fuss because in basketball, players do that on every little thing to try to get a call. So it wasn't Tom Brady sitting there looking at the ref like, hey, man, he, he landed on, he's not, he's just using football IQ. Hey, maybe if I sit there and complain, he might throw the flag, and guess what he did? But it was a bad call. You know, Grady Jarrett made the sack, he he spun him around and put him on the ground, and it so happened his body landed on him. Sometimes you just can't help it, man. You're 300-some pounds, 290 pounds, 280. These guys are coming off the ball, and they're getting to the quarterback fast, and they got to make fast movements. They don't got time to matrix slow down and be like, oh, God, I don't want to grab him. and just Because if you push, horse collar, if you hit with the shoulder, it can hit you in the helmet collide, and it's going to be a penalty. Where you sit there thinking like, well, I'm not going to land on him, not hitting the knee. Here, Sue pushed Aaron Rodgers to call the 15-yard penalty. Here, you know, you have a moment to where you may rag and throw a quarterback. They may call something there, you know. You may shoulder block, and your helmet may connect with him, and then they say your helmet and helmet. But here with Grady Jarrett made a simple tackle that made him leave his feet. He can't stay on his feet if, it, if he can't help it. So why penalize that? And then you're going up into the, uh, the Monday night game, we're in the Sunday night game, and it's the same thing. 
And it's like, what are we going on with? What's going on with the roughing the passers? And I, like I said, is the ref training needs to get better. Period. The rough, the ref training needs to get better. Period. Period. I'm not talking about like they're missing steps or something like that, but put in these guys' head that like, yeah, you, you, you're gonna, you're gonna, with human error, and we're not perfect. But you have to understand that you can, in the heat of a moment, can sit there and make that. If I was the referee watching Grady Jarrett, maybe you might get younger refs. But when you see Grady Jarrett making that play and things of that nature, and Tom Brady gets up and feel like he was fouled, I feel like the older type referee or that person that I feel like they're just like, oh, man, like, he that looked like that hurt, man. Like, I got to call that because that was in the line of what – I think if somebody look at that man like that wasn't that bad. I think that kind of goes with age, honestly. I think if you have a 33-year-old referee out there and saw that play, he wouldn't have thrown a rough in the past for call. To me. Now, I ain't saying every single 30-some-year-old or 28-year-old, 29-year-old. Hire these guys. Train up these guys. I'm not picking on older people. I'm just saying judgment calls may be different. And that Grady Jarrett tackle may as not as looked as malicious to a 30-some-year-old referee that maybe played football, maybe get some guys that played and maybe didn't get drafted. Go look for those guys to, to coach up and train to be referees of the game. Maybe their logic, their judgment may be a little bit better than going to go get somebody to work at J.P. Morgan Bank who played football up to he was in middle school or high school, didn't make it, but has some football knowledge to where he went to go sign up to be a referee, but the, these guys they hire, I, I read the article. NBA refs, NFL refs, most of those guys are bankers, judges, lawyers. Not all these guys play football, high-level football. Are you kidding me? Not all these guys did that. They did not. So when you, when you have that, I mean, just, just think about it. These guys are thinking like, oh man, like just just for example, Mike Evans was going to the end zone to catch a touchdown pass against uh Kansas City Chiefs. He got hit. Now granted he scored two touchdowns a game. He looked good after his after his suspension. He goes across the middle in the end zone and takes a hit. They call a penalty. It was legal. It was about as legal as you could get. But that referee felt like, man, that had to hurt. Or, man, that's messed up, man. I'm going to call that. Age, I think, makes a difference in that. I swear to God I do. Because that maybe that 40 to 50, 60-year-old ref, like I said, I'm not picking on age, man. I'm just saying. Might feel the need to be like, man, I got to call that. Just saying, man. Shit's crazy. If you if you think I'm right, you, you, you're going to pound the table and be like, damn, he makes a good point there. Because of me, I'm 34 years old. If I'm seeing a Grady Jarrett, Grady Jarrett tackle and me being, I didn't even play football up to high level. But I'm just looking at it. I'm just like, yeah, that's not that malicious, man. That's not that malicious. That's not that crazy. And let the fans or people get mad after the fact and be like, man, that was crazy. Let them get laughed at. Don't call it a penalty and be like, man. And then they look back at that and they're like, man, that's turning the NFL up. I'd rather be that guy that where. The fans would be, you know, the very little. Be like, man, they could have caught a pass interference when they made he landed his body on him. And those are the people that are sticklers to the book. 
And I'm just saying, man, I, I don't think that you should be like that if you're NFL ref from certain instances like that, man, because that right there, even on a boom, boom situation, where did that look malicious? Let's keep it moving. Um, so you have that, you know, Tampa Bay beats Falcons 15-21. People were sitting there saying, like, man, that was on a third down. It was going to make a fourth down. Falcons could have got the ball back. They could have won the game. And then, hey, with my power rankings that came out, they could have possibly been on it. Now, the reason why they're not on it, which if people have seen my power rankings, I'm not going to really go too too bar, uh, far into it. But, you know, my top three, Bills, Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers being fourth. Um, within the bottom, you know what I'm saying, I'll try to have Atlanta in there. But the the big thing is that with Atlanta not being in there is just their team in general and how they're playing. You know, they you know they playing hard and defense may be playing hard. They traded Deion Jones. I don't see them being this 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 team that people are thinking that is like hanging around here they're supposed to be tanking. You know, Mariota's slipping and falling on, on fourth down in the fourth quarter or throwing a fourth quarter pick and stuff like that. It's gonna happen more and more. And then what I'm gonna do, put them 17, 16, and then the next power I gotta do not put them in there at all? No. I'm looking at them now, it's like, yeah, they like look at the freaking uh if you look at the Eagles, if they would have, if their stats are not what they are, averaging two hundred yards rushing and getting two hundred some yards passing, AJ Brown doing this, Devontae doing that, Atlanta's not doing that. They're not even doing what the Minnesota Vikings are doing. They're not even doing what a three and two team is doing. Not Tennessee Titans, but maybe the you know, uh, 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 if you take hell, I just said the fourteen, the forty nine ers, the forty nine ers played the Falcons. The 49ers will look way better than the Atlanta Falcons. Way better. So for a 2-3 and three team to look at, say, like the Colts, the Rams, the Saints. I mean, not the Saints. The Colts, the Rams, and I'll probably say the Cardinals. Are better teams in Atlanta that are not looking to tank for the rest of the season. It's going to happen. So I have had some people sit there and say, oh, man, like, your Buccaneerness is not showing no love to Atlanta Falcons. It's just like, man, let's be real here, man. That is, let's be real here. Let's be real. I've lost one. Y'all going to be losing two. Y'all might lose three in a row. Look at the schedule here. Y'all lost to the Bucks. Y'all got the 49ers, the Bengals, and the Panthers. Very easily could be two more losses in a row right there with the 49ers and the Bengals. Now, the Bengals need to get it together, but I think they can handle the Atlanta Falcons. If people will say, oh, man, Power Ring's got to be about just today. What's, what's going on about today? But I mean, come on now. Cardinals. Jags. Hell, look at the Jets. Colts. If you want to throw the Saints in there, okay. When you look at those teams I just named, Atlanta might could play those teams good, but would they outright win? Are they outright better? No. So are they around 21, 22, 23? Yeah. And did they fit in the top 20? No. I'm sorry for the Atlanta Falcon fans if I felt like I was being biased. Had to clear that up. 
But when you look at somebody like the Eagles and they're like, man, they're, they're not better than the Buffalo Bills. But they're look, they're putting up good numbers. Yeah, they might not play the best teams, but look at the numbers. The land is not putting up those numbers. Buccaneers are not putting up those numbers. The Vikings are. That's why I kind of kept them hanging a little close. Cowboys kind of are. Passing-wise, running-wise, combined, you're getting 100 yards here, you're getting some two, maybe 300 yards passing there. Depends on when Dak comes back. But look at the Giants. They're doing it just by playing hard. They're not even, I mean, Saquon Barkley's being back to Saquon, but they're not killing them passing yards. They're not killing them on this, but defense is playing pretty good. Tennessee's got a good defense line, but how good are they? Not very good. I mean, just not very good. Baltimore Ravens, Lamar's playing good. Making uh, wide receivers with no names have a name. Mark Andrews sitting there doing what he's supposed to do. But their defense is terrible. And I think they can go up in Atlanta and give them the business. So I'm just saying. I'm sorry for the Atlanta fans if I didn't put them in the top 20. I just think that they was qualified to be in a power ranking in the top 20. But, you know, power rings normally are 32 teams. So, hey, there you have that. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I just, I just, that's just how I see it on that. But, you know, quickly, just to get back to some scores, though, um, Packers, Aaron Rodgers, you know, Devontae Adams, the Raiders, uh, you go up, you're up, you know, if you look at it both sides here, I mean, like, they're both up. You're up. Packers, you're in London, you're up against the Giants, you let them come back and win. Raiders, you're up against the Chiefs, and you let them come back and win. Both primetime type games. Primetime in London, primetime in the States. Aaron Rodgers without Devontae, Devontae without Aaron. And this is the soap opera. Both of these teams are not looking good. Should have stayed, Devontae. Maybe, Aaron, you should have told Devontae, man, let's go somewhere together. Hell, if both teams looking like this, might not have been a bad idea. Because y'all could have went to Denver together. Y'all could have went to, maybe not Denver. I don't like the Denver situation. Maybe y'all could have went to Vegas and forced Derek Carr out. Because, Jesus, man, I don't see it. I just don't see it in that guy. Maybe you could have went to Minnesota and forced out Cousins. I don't know. I, it, it just, them two separate, look at them. Look at the Packers. Look at the. Look at the uh, the Raiders, man. It's tough. And there, Devontae Adams got gets a freaking charge, which I feel like you know he was in the wrong for extending his hands and pushing a uh, a bystander. But that bystander should be held accountable because hey, look here, buddy. We have a uh, professional players coming across you. You unprofessional ass need to get that out of the way. That was unprofessional. You have a tro- you have a a, a a a a line of players coming down there. You gonna walk in front? And if you look at the video, I don't care how many times you look at it, man, that looked in part on purpose. So I would, you know, somebody made a comment on Facebook. It was like, I wonder if they will back on the tape and see losing teams in that area with that gentleman, how many times he's crossed the path of a player trying to initiate such. Because that would be interesting if that is something that he does do. Because, golly, man, like you're going to go to the losing side of the team and walk in front of somebody who's truly disgruntled at the moment just getting his way with equipment. You could have poked him in the face with, could have anything. I mean, that's where it comes from where the player is like not human all of a sudden. This player, he's supposed to just let this person just get in his personal space like that. But he gets the charge. <laughs> it's funny. 
Rafaine, I didn't know. I, I know you're an NFL photographer, but I didn't know that you that you that you're allowed to do that. I thought it was the players coming like you keep your ass right here until those players get through. You take your picture, stand right there, but don't be trying to run it across with them. That should be the thing that was been said all week to the other photographers. Man, big up shout out to Randy Johnson, my favorite pitcher of all time. He's a photographer in the NFL. He ain't doing that stupid shit. But now they want to bring his name up into it and stuff like that. And he like, oh, man, don't touch no. Do you want to do that to no Randy Johnson? I'm like, oh, man, let's just, let's just give him his flowers for at least photographing, uh, being a photographer in the NFL. That's dope. He takes some good pictures. I've seen some good pictures of some shit in Africa with some shit with some uh, gorillas and stuff like that. He's actually really good. Go check out his logo, his website, Randy Johnson Photography. The unit. My favorite picture of all time, man. The unit. I can't believe that, man. I just hated that it didn't work out with the Yankees with him, but I'm glad that he is finding something to do. Um, I saw his uh, daughter's uh, TikTok not too long ago. I was like, man, like this is dope, man. Randy Johnson, like, he, like he, just, him just chilling around the crib, you know what I'm saying? Like, he really does have a thing of baseball near his bed to go throw it. Robbers, man. Like, could you imagine getting hit with a 90-mile-an-hour angry slider in the head? You, know, you, you ever heard night-night? You want night-night. Anyways, man, the Jets, 40-17 to 17 over the Dolphins. No Tua, no Teddy, Concussion City. Skylar Thompson from Kansas State comes in there. Didn't look too good, but he kind of warmed up a little bit, but it was just too late. Nothing from Tyreek Hill, nothing from Jalen Waddle, and that team goes down. The Seahawks goes down to the Saints. Looked like they could win that game, man. Geno was throwing some bombs, some, some tater tots, some, some, some darts. But Taysom Hill was a hero once again. As he came in there and got it done, Andy Dalton helped out with his was was able to do what he can do. But Alvin Kamara got it going a little bit there. You had some little different things going on, but mainly Taysom Hill was the guy that was the hero of the day. Texas beats the Jaguars. Out of the Jaguars, have been competitive here for the last two three weeks. They shut out he, the the Chargers. They you know they 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 win this game, and the next thing you know, they lay a flat egg against the Texans at home, mind you, at home. Tennessee beats the Washington Commanders in a terrible game. Derrick Henry gets an end zone again and again and again and again. But there's both of these teams, man, I'm telling you. But Tennessee is definitely not the same playoff team that they began to look like at the end of that Cincinnati game when it just interceptions is just bad football. So they start to look like they're, they're more and more looking like that than what they looked like before going into the playoffs. I'll tell you that. And the 49ers looking like how they looked going into the playoffs last season than how they were at the beginning of the season – this year or last year. They're looking good, man. I like the 49ers, and Jimmy G is comfortable with them, and they can play good. Debo Samuel is just really good. The only thing that sucks about them is losing Mosley for the rest of the season with a torn ACL. Cowboys beat the Rams. I didn't see that coming, especially with Cooper Rush, but Zeke gets in the end zone. The, the offensive line for the Rams needs some tinkering, I tell you that. They need to get some things shifted, shaped it. Cam Akers, you know, how can you get, you know, Odell back? I'm keep on hearing that he's going to sign back eventually. Is he ready? You know what I'm saying? They need him. They I mean, Cooper Cup can't do it by himself. I'm not seeing Allen Robinson yet. People sit there talking about, how is he not it? If he's not, he kind of, hey, it's got to be something on his end. Because it's not like it's Baker Mayfield back there just missing him. Y'all got put Matt Stafford up on this damn pedestal. So let's not go there. Because y'all try to play the race card. Like, Jesus Christ, how many more excuses can you give Allen Robinson? And it's just not it. 
He's not it no more. Not no more. He used to be. The Allen Twins, or when he was in Chicago by himself, it's just not it no more. Plain and simple. Um, the Ravens sneak by the Bengals. Joe Burrow. Man, did you see him jump when somebody coughed in the post-conference, man? Like, the offensive line for the Bengals are that bad? That man is jumping when somebody coughs in the freaking post-conference? That man is what you call jumpy. That's crazy, man. He is that fucked up from the offensive line, man. From that standpoint, that is crazy. Crazy. Crazy, 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 crazy. Like I said, man, that is wild. The Eagles beat the Cardinals by 320-17, man. Like I said, Jalen Hurts gave Donovan McNabb a hug after that game. And, you know, he's starting to get some flowers. He's starting to – the team's starting to look good. Like I said, as a team, as a team, if you are a team that can sit there and say, hey, man, let's go out there and let's average this, let's average that, and we're going to see what we're going to make it do. You average 139 rushing yards. You average 200-some yards passing. That's a great formula right there to keep some things. I guess turnovers here and there, you feel what I'm saying? You, you're going to feel good about the end of the game because it's, you're going to be in it. It's manageable. You're not like, you know, you're balanced. And then, you know, Jalen Hurts is comfortable now. He's got targets. He can sit there and make good throws. The throws are starting to look better. His QBR is starting to go up. It's not great, but it's going up. So, good job, Jalen Hurts. Okay? I'm going to give him their, that. Now, he's entering in some MVP talks, especially with the team, how they were last year and how they was coming up has been by him. And now you, you know, you, I would say with the Eagles, you know, if, you know, the team has not been far along being good and having somebody, you know, young, good, like a Jalen Hurts, I mean, like, they can put Bray back up on the top there pretty quick now. The NFC East, look how good it's looking. Giants, Cowboys, and Eagles, oh my. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool when you look at it. Because it's the only other division people was talking about, the AFC West, people talking about the NFC West, but now you just got the, Really, just, to, just to, I mean, like, Cardinals and Rams are not playing good. Seahawks are playing better than both of those teams. Here they just lost to the Saints. So, you got the NFC East, and then you got, I feel like, on the NFC side, you got the NFC East is really the thing is kicking ass. And the other day, you got the NFC South, which I felt was pretty high going in, but it's faltersome. <laughs> James being hurt, Baker being trash, you know, Atlanta's being competitive, but they're not the top team in the division. They just got the Buccaneers, and they are not looking super great. I feel like the injuries and sandbagging a little bit, just playing them with, them with the Bucks. But look at the defense, top two in the NFC. Defense going to take them. Chargers beats the Browns in a very good close game. Man, that was a damn good game. You know, Justin Herbert needed that win. Uh, Jacoby Brissett was trying to get it done, just couldn't do it. You know, Nick Chubb was a hell of a runner. Kareem Hunt got He's a good runner, man, but the way he got slammed at that one-yard line, man, I was like, wow. Like, I thought he was going to be like, get off me. But um, just a good game. Good game overall. Mark Cooper got a touchdown. I mean, it was just a good game overall. Eckler, though, man. Eckler was good in that game. You know, you can't find him sometimes under there. He can be a problem. You know, he can be a problem catching or passing. He showed it with a uh, rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown, man. Eckler is a problem. Ten catches from Mike Williams, 134 yards. And that's what you need whenever you don't have Keenan Allen out there. You got another stud to give the ball to right there. You feel what I'm saying? But, hey, man. Um, like I said, we got Thursday night football tonight. Commanders and Bears. Week five was in the books. You know, the Bears, they, they, they're coming off a loss of the Minnesota division game. So, they this is a non-division game. Let's see if they can get something done. Um 
We're going to talk about week six tomorrow. I'm going to try to get in an episode tomorrow and talk about week six in college football. Probably make some picks and things of that nature. I just wanted to get this out here and hope you all enjoy the games tonight. Hope you all enjoy, uh, you know, the, 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 the playoffs and baseball and the college football, the NFL, the NBA. There's a whole lot of sports going on Thursday night. Also, two finales back-to-back. Got Seahawks, I'm pretty sure some people watched already. And then we got Lord of Rings, Rings of Power tomorrow. I'm going to be geeked out. Definitely going to be watching both of those, man. For the House of Dragon fans, I know y'all on fire over there, man. This 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 show has been talked about, and it's just one season. More I didn't heard about Game of Thrones. I heard people say it's better than Game of Thrones. So for, I'm going to have to jump into that later on whenever I get done with these shows and start the uh, uh, House of Dragon. I can't. I couldn't do it. Just like I was trying to watch Andor while I'm watching these two shows. It ain't retaining nothing, and Andor looks pretty cool. So trying to finish these two so I can... Get on to some others. Uh, Midnight Club is looking pretty good. I like how that's going. I'm on like three episodes of that. I took a break. No, four. I took a little break on that. But um, Werewolf by Night. 57 Minutes, Disney Plus. Go check it out, man. It's real good. Really, 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 really good. I like that movie. Special. One-off. Black and white. I liked it. Go check out Werewolf by Night. Uh, comic book character came up in the 70s. It's where Moon Knight originated. Um, it's, you know, he has some pretty good villains and stuff like that. Man Thing, Ted, whatever you want to call him. But go check out Werewolf by Night. But tomorrow, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power finale. Definitely can't wait for that. But today, She-Hulk sees finale. So I'm ranking them. As you know, I'm ranking them. You know what I'm saying? Of course, I'm more pumped up for tomorrow. But today... Can't wait to see that episode. But y'all hope y'all enjoy this episode, man. Hope y'all enjoy. Hope y'all had to enjoy my insight. Cause I want y'all, I want to know what y'all think about that though. Go get former football players to be reps. Train these guys up that they need some money. They might want to run up and down the field still. Just try it, just try it out. Don't keep going after these bankers, these lawyers, these judges. Go get some former players. They'll show you. Sauce talk out. <laughs>